0: going on everybody just letting you know that we now have shirts available for anyone who's been wanting a thp shirt you can head to our facebook page we'll have a link to our teespring store we have a handful of sizes available men's women's hoodies uh, a couple different colors to choose from with our new logo that we just got recently so please go check that out after this episode before this episode whenever they get made to order and then they get shipped to you and by doing so, if you pick up a shirt, you're helping us out, you're supporting the podcast, and helping us spread the word. So, enjoy this episode with the guys from Terror Orb. Jake will be back next week. He's on vacation. That's Slacker. I'm here by myself. Again. Enjoy. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratsch JLB Morelia, and you are listening to the Herpetoculture Podcast. going on everybody this is episode 30 of the herpeticulture podcast i'm justin smith of palmetto Coast exotics usually jake's right across the table from me but tonight he is not because he is in florida doing whatever he does in florida so but tonight i am joined by mr brett moore and mike capodice capodice
1: capodice capodice i asked brett
0: probably three times it was like What's the right way yeah. to What's the right way to do it? Because it's like automatically, my brain says Capodice. or I'm sure people get it mixed up all the time. But
1: it, it, it used to be that <clears throat> back in the day, we changed it when they moved to America three generations ago.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's pronounced Capodice gotcha. nowadays, I guess.
0: And so. so they are the two behind the Terra Orb, which is a cool. Uh, New enclosure option on the market that people definitely need to check out. It's something different. Uh, but before we get into that, what's you give me a background on on how you guys do things? Like as far as what, what you keep. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Uh, like what? How how do y'all get into reptiles? I guess is the best place to start.
1: <laughs> I guess I can start. I've honestly I, this is Mike. I've had reptiles forever. I've never not had one. I don't think probably since I was about eight or nine years old. Always had them. I you know I never lost interest and got rid of anything I just always kept on getting more and trading stuff sometimes and just kind of you know started out with small stuff and I've had I've had about everything I mean uh, I used to go to reptile shows when I was a little kid my mom would drive us around Mm -hmm. going to those I'd go to like the Midwest reptile show and There was a place called Streamwood. We'd go up by Chicago and uh, just always, it's always interested me. I've never uh, not, not been into it. So I just kind (laughs) of maintain what collection I have. Yeah. I never got huge. I never got into breeding or anything. I was just always more into making enclosures and messing around with them and catching them out in the wild and playing with them for a couple of hours and putting them back. I just everything no uh never really got into big time breeding or anything i just always kind of kept small
2: and
3: did that mike has quite an assortment currently tell me yeah what what do you keep in your house well right now
1: (laughs) i do have quite a few now but uh so i've got my green tree python Mm -hmm. i've had since i was 19 years old so she's 20 years old now got her uh i've got a sun boa. A snow boa, an IMG, a couple of leopards, hypo leopard, regular leopard, and a ghost motley oh, boa. Cool. That's my boa collection, yeah. and they're just pets, more <laughs> or mm-hmm. less. I hate to say it. And uh, I got a, a leatherback bearded dragon. That's more my son's pet. Uh, and I've got three ornate diamondback terrapin turtles too. Nice. So that's kind of my reptile room, anyway. Have,
0: have gotten there. Have boas always kind of been your thing?
1: Um, for for a pet, yes. Okay. I I think they're the, I just I like their size. They don't get super huge. Yeah. I, you know, I've had I've had Burmese pythons before, and it's just if you're gonna have I don't know something forever, it's nice to have something that gets seven or eight feet long, and
0: yeah, you don't have it's to much more manageable. It. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, but nonetheless, you when you bring it out, it's impressive too to show yeah. somebody who's not really into snakes. Yeah, I'm not showing somebody a corn snake. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you pull out an eight or so foot boa, they're impressed at least. You know, uh, so yeah, it's you know pretty much the collection I got at this point.
0: And you you haven't had any interest? Have you done? You haven't you haven't thought about breeding at any point or anything like that?
1: Uh, I with the boas I have now, I'm going to try to do something, uh, okay. just cause why not? I mean, it's cool. Uh, I've by accident had my green tree pythons lay eggs when I was just a kid again, more into partying than mm-hmm. <laughs> anything. So again, <laughs> they were always my pets, but they did breed and I had a guy try to incubate them and I, it didn't turn out, you know, I wasn't set up for it. That's how, how big was the clutch? Thing. Uh, seven eggs. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, and I was you know, hell, I was sixteen, seventeen years ago. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And again, I I just kept her, and the the male just passed away from old age, and uh, I just have always kept the female, mm-hmm. just as a just as a pet.
0: Yeah, I saw pictures of her on the uh, on your Instagram and and your Facebook page. Uh, yeah. In the in the I orb.
1: Yeah, that was actually uh, well. That was actually what I built my first orb for was her. Uh, okay. The one that is in the picture is not the, my original one. But it's actually a bigger one. But uh, yeah, so she was actually what kind of inspired me to build to start building what I did.
0: So mm-hmm. yeah. And Brett, what are you keeping?
3: Um, well, it's a it's a short list as far as species, but um. I've had reptiles on and off for my whole life. Um, You know, I think I started out when I was probably oh seven or eight, um, maybe a little bit older, and I got a couple green anoles at a pet store, and I was fascinated by them. You know, put them in a ten gallon aquarium. Didn't really know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, uh, got a couple turtles, they're red eared sliders. Um, They were. They were turtles I, I liked them but you know it was a kid and i uh, didn't know any better um, that's back when you just wait you know every day for the next reptiles magazine to come out and yeah. see the cool stuff that you dream about getting um but as a kid uh you know it's hard to get those things so um a little bit older junior high high school um uh, my buddy jason and i which uh, probably mentioned him at some point here coming up but uh so him and i we'd hang out and he had an iguana um, that inspired me to get an iguana. Actually, no, I take that back. I first one, I wanted to one up him and I tried to get a Nile monitor. Um, and it was really, really cool for about a week and, uh, till it just tore my finger to bits. And so uh, I I got rid of it. Um, and I got an iguana (laughs) and, uh, kept her Kirby. She's, uh, Actually, a great great lizard had her for a few years and um, went away to college, and I gave her to my aunt, who's a teacher, and then she was a school classroom pet, um, so that was kind of cool. Um, college really didn't have anything. Um, I was living in a dorm, and um, I know you can find ways around that, but honestly, I was probably more interested in other stuff at the time. <laughs> and then uh, I got my first apartment and got a ball python. Um Kept her uh, for, oh, probably three or four years and ended up just kind of in some harder times. I traded her for an air conditioner. So um, in the end, I think monetarily I came out on top, but it was a pretty sad moment, actually. Um, Didn't have anything else for a few years. And uh, then we had my son who, uh, when he was probably four or five, I thought, that's a good age to get a reptile. Um, Got two bearded dragons. Yeah probably too early for a couple of bearded dragons for my son. So definitely those were my pets for a while. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, um, currently I keep, uh, we have in our house four crested geckos who, uh, they just started laying eggs. Um, we're incubating three eggs currently for them. And we have in my house, I believe 31 Mm. diamondback terrapins of various subspecies. So, um, that's, that's my, my thing um, that the guy Jason I mentioned a little bit ago, yep. him and I do that together. So, um,
0: yeah, that's a I have lot orbs of turtles. For... What's that? That's a lot of turtles, man.
3: It is. Do you have lot the space to put in... all those? Yep, we're uh, <laughs> we're that's our current issue. We're trying to figure out where the heck we're gonna put them all. So, um, especially when they start laying eggs, because we're gonna have a, a not a problem, but a, a challenge that we get to overcome. So. Anyway, yeah, that's I fine. got
1: lots of room at my
3: house. We'll
1: just hey, bring them over; it'll work out.
3: I'll take you up on that. I got a nine
1: hundred gallon horse trough. We're gonna set up <laughs> as a pond. It'll be sweet. How many it'll can you? Out.
0: How many could you put in that?
1: Oh boy! I mean, I used to swim in it with my kids, so a <laughs> god! I mean, it's a it's a nine and a half foot circle, I think. The,
3: the only lot... the only problem with the what we're doing with the with the terrapins is we are uh Attempting to selectively breed certain uh, subspecies in, in different traits, and
2: mm-hmm.
3: so you know we actually need multiple enclosures. You know, roughly 150 to 200 gallons a piece. So 900 gallons, we could have a like a, a melting pot of, of terrapins, which would yeah. be cool. But anyway, I digress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My experience with turtles is pretty limited. I had some as a kid. And if I'm, man, those got old kind of quick. Cause I was, I felt like I was having to clean that tank like every three days. Yeah. Like the filter could not keep up and it just, it, I don't know. I haven't kept them
3: since. Um, well, we can make you a believer. Yeah. Um, they I are just, cool.
0: They're, they're
1: I really neat. Had <clears throat> I, I had them as a kid, turtles, just that, you know, you catch in the Creek or something, keep yeah, them for a yeah. winter and then let it go in the spring. But when I went over to their to Jason's house one day, I didn't know that those turtles like they had existed. They were like little Pokemon looking turtles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to get one. So now I got three of them. That's <laughs> <'Cause> how <laughs> so it goes. Why not? <laughs> well, I was telling <laughs> cool. I
0: was telling Brett on Messenger like the Diamondbacks we have local to us have always been probably my favorite species next to the spotteds. Yeah. And, you know, given that we live in a really coastal area down here in South Carolina, you know, they're not that uncommon to come across. Like, especially when hatching season rolls around. I almost always have a friend or a family member that takes a picture of a little a little hatchling they had in their yard or something. That's cool. And uh yeah, they're just they're so cool. And then there's a few educational centers around here that all that have a few and they're just they're always funny to watch. They're just they're goofy turtles. Honestly,
3: <laughs> from what I've seen, they have more personality than any any Reptile I've ever kept, and and more than any turtle for sure that yeah, I that I would, I've kept. I would agree with that. <clears throat> they're they're pretty neat, but yeah. So that's uh, a long way to say my reptile history. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So
0: Terra Orb, in a nutshell, what's the, tell us about it? Like where? How did you come up with it? Uh, I guess the the breakdown of of what it is like. Paint us a picture well, for the people that haven't seen them.
1: Yeah, so the, kind of the concept is that, you know, I when I when I started building the first one, I, I had no plan on really selling any. I just wanted to make my green tree python a sweet cage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I because I've always done that. I've always built a cage every year or two for something or an enclosure of some sort. And then the next time I get sick of it after about, a year or two and i'd build something else because uh by trade i'm in construction i would run an excavating business and uh work with plumbers all the time and lay pipes so i'm real familiar with plastics and yeah pvc and just construction in general and i've always tried to create something that was different totally just to be different i don't know just so that when someone walks in your house to see something they they were impressed, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of draws the attention to the reptile. Uh, when some people, you know, instead of putting it in like a Rubbermaid container in the corner, which is fine. That's if that's what you like to do, but I don't know that, you know, nowadays with all the cool genetics and the way things look, it's, it's better. I think to have it as like a showpiece for your house. Definitely. And yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of cage companies have gone that direction. I mean, there's a ton of cool stuff and, uh, I just want to do something different and have her as a, you know, have the green tree as a showpiece. And I was just kind of sitting there, my original one, I was just sitting thinking about how I was going to build it. And she's a tree. She was a tree Python. And I thought I I was so sick of having to always get in an aquarium and dig in the top or open up a sliding glass door that, and then have a bunch of sticks jammed in there sideways.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was just like, there's trying to think of a better way to do it. So Uh, originally I thought, well, I mean, why the hell would I do that when I'm just going to build a tree and then figure a way to wrap a tree, you know, with some sort of material so that the cage was actually kind of centered around the tree, which is what most, you know, arboreal animals are going to live in, Mm -hmm. obviously. So that was the original concept was build a tree, figure out a way to wrap plastic around it and make it work. So, I, uh, I experimented for probably two months trying to do different things and probably spent 500 bucks on different plastic that none of it worked. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kept trying to just goof around to just get it to where it would work. And yeah. finally I, you know, we were, we were at the shop and again, probably spent another couple hundred bucks on plastic, different thicknesses and everything to try to get it to work the way I wanted. And, and it did fin- finally work. And then I just kind of kept expanding on it, and it took, you know, my original one is three years old. So, you know, I've been trying to develop it for about three years uh, to get it to where I really thought people would enjoy it and I'd be able to manufacture them and sell them.
0: Now, the first so, one, that, the first one that you built though, was it built similar to the ones that you have now? Like, what would you, what was like the prototype? Very, I mean, how do, you, was, how do you go about like that's the thing that baffles me when I look at him is like when you're building that first one, how do you go about making sure all the measurements are right on everything you want it to be? Spend
1: a lot of money on mistakes. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I was like, I just
0: I look at him, I'm like, man, it must have taken forever to get that like dialed into oh, exactly where you want describe, it, and like finding the yeah. materials and then making oh it God, like because yeah. it's it not it, being a box is already tough. Yeah. I would think from an engineering standpoint, like a layout standpoint, like it not yeah. being a square where you can just put, you know, your eight or right. six sides, however many are in a box, you know, together.
3: Exactly. I'll, I'll say this <clears> just to kind of tack on to what Mike just mentioned. You know, I've, I, I lived in Missouri for about 15 years and I uh, moved back to Illinois just a little over two years ago. Um, since I've been back in the area, I've, if eh, it was probably six months or so before uh, we all, before we actually all got together. And so, um, but ever since then, Mike has consistently been working on perfecting these enclosures. And it is, it, every time I talk to him, it's like, hey, figure something else out. You gotta try this out, you know? And it's always something that he's improved it. I mean, it's been it's been a work in progress, but holy cow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's come just light years from the, the first ones that he showed me, um, which were cool i mean even then i thought man these are awesome but even now what they are compared to what they were you know even just a year and a half ago uh, it's night and day mm-hmm. it, it's really really cool stuff i'm um, i'm excited to see um more people get their hands on them so they can experience them yeah it you know the, the first ones were
1: definitely they were hand routered i mean i me and a guy jordan that i work with and another guy Derek, we'd come into the excavating shop after work and they'd help me hold a router on a jig so i could make a circle <laughs> it was the, it was the biggest this i can't tell you how many hours i have on a router and finally i got the hand router part to a place where i thought like okay th- this is repeatable you know on a small scale mm-hmm, i can do this mm-hmm. i made some jigs and and i was able to make cages for friends you know i give them away basically uh just to try to like go to the next level to try to make one better you know and uh and then i got to the point where no longer did the hand router really do the trick because to do what i wanted there was some angles that needed you know we're talking moving them <laughs> a 16th of an inch here and there yeah and i'm like you know i need to fi- find a cnc guy that can help me route out some pieces and well good luck with that nobody wants to help anybody nowadays Mm -hmm. so i mean i will i was willing to pay for it and everything and it just wasn't happening so uh, finally the one machine shop was like why don't you just go buy a cnc machine and i was like oh boy that's just what i need but i did anyway (laughs) because it was to the point where it was better to buy it and be able to do what I wanted than to try to describe it to somebody. Yeah. Who yeah. Didn't understand. Well, that. It. So, and then,
0: like, having to make sure someone's there to actually do it and, like, schedules and all that stuff. Right. But, yeah. So
1: I bought the CNC machine and then the program and figured out how to use the program. Definitely made some mistakes there, but I got it pretty quick. And, uh, honestly, there, you can buy anything online nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I ordered a CNC machine that showed up two days later in a a big old truck. But it was pretty cool. So anyway, that's kind of – and then at that point, I was pretty well committed that things are going to happen and I'm going to make a run at it. Yeah,
0: there's no turning back at that point.
1: Yeah, you know, but you'd rather try it than not and be 85 years old and sitting there saying, I wish I would have. So you only live once, I guess, and just roll with it. And give it a shot. Uh, but the concept from the very beginning has stayed the same. I've definitely, I've changed the sizes a little bit to make them more material efficient, yep. and also try to suit maybe like the 75 percentile of reptiles. You know, it's. I've had people say, "Can you make me one for a water monitor?" And it's like, well. <laughs> Anything's possible, but you know, at some point when you're keeping Indominus Rex in a cage, it just it <laughs> makes it tough, you know. Like, uh, the mm. biggest test for the dang things was when I gave one to Jason for his uh, Aki monitors, and those things are little devils. I They had dirt piled up yep. everywhere. Monitors are thing.
0: destructive, man. Oh
1: my gosh. They need a tub with a Orb on top of it. <laughs> that someday maybe, <laughs> but it they didn't escape. That was my main goal.
0: <laughs> it's he, monitor it, proof. That's I it, wanted to
1: make sure that a monitor. Mission
0: accomplished at that point. Yeah, it, you know they
1: definitely didn't do it any justice by piling dirt all over it. But
0: but it, I mean, it, did it? It held up though. Like you know, as far yeah. as them am throwing dirt in the track and everything like that. Like it, it yeah, it, it yeah, withstood the, well, the test. Uh,
1: yeah, it was that was one of the test subjects. I've had lots of test subjects, so that was they one. They don't of them.
0: they don't get much messier than than monitors. Oh my god. So, if it can there, survive yeah, that, are... it can survive pretty much anything.
1: Yeah, they're a different animal. Yeah, that's for sure. So, yeah. And then I don't know, I just kept kept working on it. I I just never quit for some reason. It just was like a I don't know, obsession. Ask my wife and kids, they're over it. <laughs> <laughs> How big was the
0: first one you made? So
1: the first one I made was a three-foot circle, three feet tall. Oh, wow. And that was that was for the green tree.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then after that, I started doing the four-foot by two-foot ovals for some of my friend snakes and stuff like that. And then I just kind of went from there. So nice. Yeah. So- I mean, half of the guy... Most of the guys I know that have snakes now never had them until they saw me working on the orbs and I mm-hmm. got them interested. Now they're like, oh, I got to get a boa. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, and the they look really good. Like, I started the THP Instagram back in December, and I was following some people, and I believe I was talking to Brett at the Terrapin Station Exotics page.
3: <clears throat> yep, I remember that. Was
0: that you that was like, oh, yeah, you got to uh, – Get, yeah. Get the, yeah. And, man, I saw those things. I hadn't heard of them before. I hadn't seen them. And then I looked at the Instagram. And I was like, man, those are really cool. And the first thing I thought of was, like, these would be freaking sweet for dart frogs.
3: Yeah. I think uh, dart frogs would be very cool. And, you know, back to Mike's point about it being a showpiece, you know, um, it's one thing to have your buddies over who are also into reptiles. And, you know, you could take them out of Rubbermaid tub. And yeah, yeah. those buddies would still appreciate whatever you're taking out of that tub, you know, I mean, they're going to, they're going to see what you're doing and, and they have like interests, but let's say your wife has a friend over who uh, has no interest in snakes or dart frogs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a showpiece and I don't care who you are. I mean, you can at least appreciate how good it looks. Um, as far as the dart frogs go, frogs go. Um, I, I think that's a a market that we haven't really pursued much yet just because mm-hmm. not one of us keeps a dart frog um never have. but i mean they are super cool and it is a, a a very popular animal right now i mean people are selling them for a whole lot of money compared to what they used to um and it's super cool i like them um uh the orbs do uh they are watertight on the the bottom mm-hmm. and so you know you could not that you probably want to have a a pool of water in there at all times but um, they can handle moisture no problem yeah um and there's a substrate extender you can use if you wanted to build it up and and have kind of a bioactive enclosure so a lot of people you know have to do that for their dart frogs or or even certain geckos or whatever uh whatever somebody's wanting to keep so definitely do you have dart frogs yourself
0: I do. I just have a tank right now of three. I've got okay. more probably coming in a couple months. I have a buddy here in town who started. He uh, he got a, a group of the Luca mellus, which are the black and yellow ones. Yeah. And they started popping out eggs like crazy. He's like, "Dude, if you awesome. know anyone who needs luke's, let me know." And I was like, "Well, I'll take a few." So. <laughs> well, that's cool. But yeah, yeah I mean, like, and I found you know I found quickly building my first vivarium that it's it's not even about the frogs. Like the frogs are literally the accent to the vivarium, not the other way yeah. around. And so, yeah. with something like like an orb, you know, they they look really good in that. Especially if you got some nice bright, you know, LEDs in there or something. Yeah, <clears throat> it would look tight.
3: Yep, I agree. Yeah, but what, so we're... what do you what do you feed those fruit flies? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've we've talked about that fruit fly uh, dilemma. You know, one of the biggest frustrating things I know I would probably pull the hair I have left out of my head if I had fruit flies flying all over my house uh, because I was feeding some frogs. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, the tolerances are super tight on these orbs. I mean, they, they are, Mike, you can speak better to that than I can, but uh, I know that there are, there are things that can be done to even prevent things like fruit flies escaping. They're not standard. Well then,
0: yeah, the, the ones for dart frogs are, are wingless. So you don't have to worry about them flying, but if you do leave them in, like if you leave a handful in there, like whatever doesn't get eaten, they do kind of roam around. And if given the, you know, the, the, the route to probably get out, I'm sure they would, but even then they, they, they wouldn't last long outside the tank. So I don't know. To me, it's no big deal. Like when I'm feeding in a few escape the cup or whatever, they disappear into the oblivion of the hardwood floor, and I have no idea where they go. But I know (laughs) they're not going to survive probably more than a couple days. Yeah.
3: I didn't know they were wingless, so it shows how stupid I am. Yeah, that makes it even easier. Heck, yeah, it does. That's great. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I've always,
1: um, I've always been a snake guy, you know, and other things, but snakes were my main Yeah, that's thing, always you know.
0: been my main thing. I've just I've been obsessed with dart frogs since I was a kid and I really wanted some and it uh, took me, you know, 20 years to finally get my hands on some, but they're addicting, man. I built another vivarium, you know, probably a week or two after I got this first one going with the frogs in it and everything and I still need to get plants for that one, but either way, I mean they just look cool. They like they look nice, you know, when you have the nice LED strip on the top. You know, they're just, they're very eye-catching. It's just like a saltwater tank, really. Yeah. You know, even if you're not in a fish, you're going to go look at it and see what's inside.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: But with what you currently offer, like, what are the options you currently have available? So. Because you've got a handful.
1: Yeah. I've kind of picked the sizes that I think, you know, would suit the most animals. Yeah. To, to kind of start with. And just kind of see how it goes and kind of grow from there or maybe even lose some models if nobody wanted the small ones you know who knows Mm -hmm. uh so to start at the biggest one the biggest one is a four foot by two foot oval and then the other oval i have is a three foot by 18 inch oval so those are the two ovals and then the circles would be an 18 inch circle and a 24 inch circle and basically kind of the system that I use to build them with, I can go take that same circle and make a variety of heights out of it. Yeah. So it goes anywhere from a sixteen to a thirty six high. Oh uh, wow. And uh the to see the thirty six, I got one sitting in my <laughs> on the table right now, but the thirty six by twenty four circle is a big enclosure. It doesn't
3: I, it's impressive when you see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll it's say big. this: we're sitting in a room right now, and we are absolutely surrounded by orbs. They're stacked up to the ceiling. Um, <laughs> we're gearing up for the Timley show, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of inventory here right now, and it's actually kind of cool. The only bummer is there's no animals in these ones, um, but we're gonna have a lot of a lot of stuff up there to to sell. So should be good.
0: Is this the first time you guys have have vended that? With these, yes, yeah, Yeah. first time invented anything. Yeah, oh,
3: okay. <laughs> as far as the reptile show. Hey, how
0: how far of a drive is that for you guys?
1: Not even two hours, hour yeah. and forty five minutes.
0: Oh, nice. So
1: yeah, it's not far. That's and not it's. You, have you ever been to it?
0: No, I haven't. It's me and huge, me and Jake right? really want to go. We will eventually. Yeah. It's just that's like a fourteen hour drive for us. I think minimum.
3: Oh come on! Uh-huh. Oh, that, you know might I, be worth it i like, made a trip what six months ago <laughs> i drove out to south carolina um pick up an animal i um, <laughs> not going to talk too much about that um, <laughs> but uh hey if you come on out i'll buy you a beer <laughs> all right one thing i will say because i
1: had always gone to reptile shows probably you know back in the early 2000s and even the way back in the 90s i'm kind of dating myself a little mm-hmm. bit here but uh and then i started getting married and having kids so i took about a 10-year break and then I had my first son who wanted a boa constrictor so we Mm kind of looked up we're like I'll I heard I had I still had some snakes and he liked mine and but he wanted his own for his own bedroom you know I'm like all right we'll get you a snake you know so my wife's like oh I'll uh I'll find you a reptile show to go to around here and she was like oh there's one in Tinley Park next weekend I'm like, "Oh cool. You know, is it big or little?" She's like, "I don't know, it says it's big." And, you know, I <laughs> little I had did no you idea know. Yeah. Cuz I, you know, I just, you know, I'd still get the reptile magazine and look at it, but I just never went to shows for probably 8 years or so, maybe mm-hmm. 10 years. And uh my son, he saved up 175 bucks to go buy this snake and uh we go up to Tinley and I mean, it was so huge and there I couldn't believe it. So, we walked in the door and started looking at boas and i was like man gavin your budget went up
0: <laughs>
1: 175 dollars they're gonna buy you what i'm gonna help take care of <laughs> yep.
0: or at God, least we... if i'm gonna be taking care of it i get a say in what it is
1: that's exactly right so i pitched in and we got him something cool but <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah i really
0: want to go i haven't been to daytona either and that's the closest non-repticon show to us Minus that. Well, they just had one at South of the Border, which is on the South Carolina North Carolina border, and that one apparently went really well. And that's <laughs> going to be a twice a year show, so hopefully we'll catch that in October. But Daytona is definitely on the on the agenda for this year.
3: Yeah, we'd like to go to Daytona as well. That maybe maybe happen, and maybe we'll see how Timley goes. First. Yeah, we'll see. Because <laughs>
0: we were originally planning on. Well, we were talking about vending Daytona, depending on what me and Jake had between us as far as what was available, but. Currently, I don't. I don't. At, at the rate we're going right now, I don't think we're going to vent. We're just going to go there and hang
3: out. <clears throat> cool. But, hey, you can still walk around and uh, interview people and talk to some cool people. Definitely and get some neat perspectives. So, <clears throat> yeah.
0: But, let's see. So, looking at the website and the the prices of what you guys do, I noticed like they are very nice cages. And uh, like I know someone on Instagram was like, these are too expensive. And then I was kind of I thought I was like, compared to what? Because <laughs> PVC always the question. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like that's... PVC cage is really they're in the same ballpark, especially in terms of like the same size and everything like that. So it's like you you drop that money on a PVC, like why is it that big of a deal that you know this is nicer aesthetically? Yeah.
1: It, it, a lot of it is in. It'd be easy to make a square out of anything, glass, yeah, yeah. plastic. So, but a lot of the parts that have to go into building it, they're just not cheap for me to buy. Right, uh, and that's most of it. I mean, I the material cost on them is is higher at this point because a I don't buy ten thousand, you know, pounds of plastic at a time, and you know, b just the pieces, the the trim molding and the Just everything that goes into it, they're just a more expensive part Mm -hmm. than what you typically see. Uh, And that, honestly, that's why they're going to be, they're always going to be more expensive probably
3: because of it. So, and and on that note, too, you know, kind of the the vision of Terror Orb isn't to be more expensive than the competition at all. Um, That's obviously not, if that was our our intention, then that'd be a, we may as well just stop now. Um, But the intention definitely is to be. Uh, to offer something different, you know, than what other companies are, mm-hmm. and when you see these and you get to experience them firsthand, you realize it right away. And and it, it's not that, you know, if it's a fifty dollar difference, honestly, I I I'd, I'd pay that in my right. sleep uh, to have one of these over uh, a PVC rectangle or um, you know an aquarium or, or whatever, uh, depending you know for the species I was keeping. So it is a a showpiece enclosure it's not necessarily um now if somebody some breeder wanted to buy 100 of them to set up you know a bunch of snakes in them we would gladly um sell him a 100 um but it may not be the best fit for the guy who's breeding a 100 snakes mm-hmm. you know it may be a better fit for the guy who has a 100 snakes but he wants to showcase a couple of them in his reptile room you know or um or even you know take them and put them on display at a reptile show where he's showing the rest of his stuff, but he wants to put his nicest stuff right there. So everybody can see it firsthand is not for sales right there. Yeah. You know, with a nice led light on to show their colors real well. Um, but honestly, the, the, the pricing uh, Mike, he, like I said, he, he doesn't stop working um, on these things ever. He's the other day. He woke up at like two in the morning um, with just everything on his mind and, and worked on stuff. And, Um, since we started this process, as far as the, the website and the, the, just getting the word out there, um, the prices have actually come down. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's partly because he's negotiated better rates with his suppliers. Um, but also because he, he found better ways to engineer them and to build them. And, and, you know, it'd be one thing if the prices were going up and up and up, but, you know, seeing how they've actually substantially lowered that, that's, I think it's pretty awesome. Um but I don't don't know know. I I feel
0: like we're at a point in the hobby where and I mean I know this isn't the case for everybody but everyone has kind of like champagne taste on a beer budget yeah like people don't realize you know because I'm 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 a big condro guy if you guys have listened to any of the other episodes and you know that I'm a condro freak yeah and people are always like why are captive bred condros you know 800 plus dollars this that and the other and it's like well you have to keep in mind like you're not paying for the snake entirely like those things take time to get going. You know, you're and just like with these, you know, you're not just paying for a nice tank; you're paying for the time it took to make it happen, the hours you put in. You know, yeah. all the just all the sweat equity, more or less. And and people lose sight of that. Like they think that I guess it's somehow just magically made in China for next to nothing, and then it shipped over here, and then we just mark it up a thousand percent. These are definitely good. not made in China, right? <laughs> they
1: are <made clears throat> right here. By me. <laughs> <laughs> Central, a oh my god. <laughs> we should get stickers. We should get made in America stickers. Yeah, definitely real. not. <laughs> That'd be easy, but not not the case.
0: <laughs> so. just people don't don't. That's that's something a lot of people just overlook. Is like breeders who who are selling animals that are high quality animals they have their price for a reason and it's because those things took time and the same with, with dry goods and and products, you know, it's like these things don't happen overnight. It's not like, you know, if I could give them away, I'm, I would, but I'm not gonna.
3: Yeah. Well, and and another reason, you know, you know, the, uh, for example, I'm speaking from the turtle experience I have, you know, a lot of times if uh, somebody has, has bred out, you know, to certain turtles to, uh, make their offspring. And then they raise those up to breed with another one. They did the same thing with, you know, that, that could take five, six years to yeah, get yeah. that end result. So there's the time, but it's also the expertise that you're paying for, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people don't even realize that you could make that end result turtle by breeding these other turtles together to get that look, you know, so uh along the same lines you know a lot of people don't realize you can take you know this plastic and that plastic and these trim pieces and, and these uh hardware pieces and and make an orb but mike figured that out and you know it's one of those things that uh you know dang it he's put the time in so mm-hmm. he priced it accordingly so i don't know i don't think people will be uh scared of the price once they uh, get to see him firsthand um online it's easy to just balk about anything i i think that you know people look it's easy
1: to see a picture but uh i don't know that that until you see one you fully understand how it works Mm -hmm. uh that you know the concept the it opens almost 180 degrees you know from the from the front from the front so i mean it totally opens and same with the ovals they open the same same way and uh that and it's their parts are interchangeable. So say two years down the road, you wanted to put a different snake in there and say you had a black background. Well, you know, if a black background, I think looks cool with like an albino snake or a light colored snake. Mm -hmm. But say you want to put something that's
0: more higher contrast. Yeah.
1: A white. So, you you know, you got to kind of, the enclosure kind of has to accent the animal and all the parts, you know, if you want to switch the background out, It's not going to be expensive to do that. Right. Uh, You can just take the other one out, slide a new one in, and there's no gluing. There's no nothing. You just slide it in, and you're back to whatever color you want, really.
0: Uh, And I think that's something a lot of people would be surprised with is just the amount of customization options that you guys have on these things.
1: Yeah. And again, I I can do more, but at some point you just have to say stop Right. and then try to get some out there, let people try them. And then kind of grow from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can offer a million different backgrounds. you know, uh, my favorite one was my original uh, boa cage I built was uh, like a diamond plate background. Uh, you can buy a silver diamond plate, which was pretty sweet. It's plastic, but mm-hmm. it looks like diamond plate. And that was you know something that ho- you know we can offer stuff like that in the future. But to start with, I picked three colors and we're going with it. See what happens.
0: Yeah, because it, it opens from the front, but there is, like, a, a option for the top, right?
1: You can, uh, you know, you can just undo the four clips on top and a screen pops off. Okay. Uh, so, or you can, if you don't want a screen, say you want to use LED lights, I have a uh, plastic disc that goes in to seal up the top. Mm-hmm. So, I, I just tried to make as many options as I could, you know, for them so that yeah. people can kind of turn them into what they want because... Everybody's got their own opinion uh, They've all got different ideas of how they want to keep stuff and it's it'd be neat to. I just thought it'd be cool To have a system that would just kind of let people choose What they wanted to do for what what they were trying to keep so I tried to more streamline it and You know let people kind of build their
3: own yeah enclosure Well, it's a cool ter- thing to note on the uh, boreal models you know they have the the center tree um which which is an an optional thing you can get those same sizes without the center tree Mm -hmm. um if you wanted to you know i don't know build your own rock structure or something you can do whatever the heck you want um but you know if you were going to use the center tree with uh you know say the feeder dishes um food and water dish or the you know live feeder dish uh, or even the chameleon uh watering uh Holder, you know, there's all those options, but then also that center trees hollow and so you can actually run um, You know your power cord straight through it. So there's no cords hanging there's you know It it keeps it very simplistic and Mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing. I really love about them Um, Looking at them. It's you're not overwhelmed with all this, you know, random crap everywhere. It's uh, it's a very clean looking cage Um, you know, you can uh, Do whatever you want to it pretty much
0: and if you get that model that has the tree in the middle, can that just be, like, if you if you you got that first, say, a green tree, and then you said, okay, well, I'm moving the green tree into something else because it's outgrown it, can you take that tree out, like, entirely if you wanted to? Uh,
1: no. Okay. So the tree okay. is built into the top and the bottom. Gotcha. Uh, and the reason it is is so that your cord can go right, right. I so, I figured yeah. as much. Yeah. But I, I, if you have an arboreal animal... The tree's pretty sweet. I mean, because
0: I well, I mean, the simple solution to that is to just buy another chondro to put in it. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Done. <laughs> easy fix. Just buy more.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Send me the big one. Send me yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the and the tree too. It always bothered me because I've kept I've kept other animals too over the years and. Mm-hmm. Uh, like chameleons, for example. Yeah. Were one, I, I, my wife loves chameleons, and I do too. Uh, I even used to have one of those. Uh, this might have been something you may not even know about. It was called the chameleon canopy. It was a big old flower pot that sat on your floor.
2: Yeah. And it had a
1: rope that hung from the ceiling so that your chameleon never lived in an enclosure. Mm-hmm.
0: hmm You ever seen that? It sounds familiar. Like I feel like I've seen them. It's been a it really was back long in time. It
1: Yeah, it was like a late 90s thing. Yeah. I had one of those. So, anyway, that was pretty cool. But the cords always bothered me. Just cords everywhere. Yeah. You know, like with the little watering system. So, I just, especially with the Green Tree Python Cage and other stuff, I wanted to be able to hide the cords. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing worse than trying to hide a cord behind a plant or a stick. You know, this way they stick down. Look
0: natural. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I actually, when I was a kid, I had a veiled chameleon. And at one point I did something similar where I was like, oh, I'll just keep this little ficus tree in my room and he'll just stay on that and he won't move. And granted, I was like, "Mm, probably like 12 at the time. (laughs) (laughs) And A, that Veiled Chameleon was hella mean. (laughs) And I came in one day, I think like after school, and I was looking for this damn chameleon because I borderline hated this thing. It was horrible. Like Anytime I tried to touch it, it tried to annihilate me. But, that's so <laughs> funny.
3: I've never seen a mean chameleon.
0: Yeah, one uh, day it wasn't in the tree and so I'm like looking around for it everywhere and then I found it on like the uh, the curtain rod. Um and then I put it back in the tree and then the next day I couldn't find it and it was on my bed. Like it just it did not work out cuz I was like, "Oh, I'll just give this <laughs> tree and it'll just stay there. It'll be fine." And that was not how it idea. worked out. Yeah, it was it was a disaster.
2: <laughs>
0: that's all right.
1: You got to try it. It was worth a shot.
0: It was, you know, I thought I was doing something groundbreaking. I was like, free roam, it'll be fine. Never leave my room, the cats can't get in, you know, my door stayed closed, it's all good. (laughs) Did not work out at all.
2: That's
1: funny. I've lost my fair share of pets around the house, so I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's a pretty crappy feeling when you open up the tub and there's nothing in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you, that happens.
0: You dig around a few times, thinking maybe it's in there, and then you open it again to see if maybe you just somehow missed it, and it's like gone, gone, and you have no idea when it was loose yeah. and uh, hasn't happened. And then you retrace Happen- your steps. Yep, hasn't happened to me in a long time, thankfully.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I've lost probably over twenty animals in the house and had to find them over the years. You find <laughs> all of them? I found. I've always found every one of them with the help of people, my mom, wife, sons, everybody, <laughs> it didn't matter. Somebody was going to find it.
0: We <laughs> had a corn another. We had a you know, corn snake get out. This was probably around the same time of that chameleon bullshit, but um we had a corn snake get out and that thing was missing for probably a month. It was a candy cane. And then one day we get a knock on the door and it somehow ended up in our neighbor's house. and their dad it was crawling up their stairs and their dad picked it up thinking it was fake and then when he realized it was alive he freaked out and he was going to kill it but then they were like wait we know who owns it and so they brought it to us and it was like the people right (laughs) behind us like I don't know how it got in there it's crazy though like that thing was gone gone huh it's just funny that. houses though yeah it's funny that it could survive like it was a candy cane so it was you know crazy white and red and yeah by Darwinian terms, shouldn't have survived as long as it did, but... (laughs) Somehow managed to. But, talking about the orbs, one of the questions that got asked was do you plan to offer taller models than what you currently have? So, right
1: now, 36 is the tallest that I do. Mm -hmm. And, at least for now, that's probably going to be it. Okay. Uh, Eventually, maybe, but You got it like i said you got to start somewhere and these are kind of the the sizes that i've that i'm comfortable with i they work good everything's tight i'm gonna start with these and go from there
0: i mean a 36 is still pretty tall
3: it really yeah yeah
1: yeah when you see it well yeah
3: i mean it's (laughs) i mean you could fit a a, a full-grown lychee in there with no problem you know and he'd, he'd have a good little life in there um I mean, you're not gonna not gonna stick a water monitor in there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's all right.
1: I do have I have got plans to do some bigger enclosures. I cause I have to build one for one of my boas anyway. Mm-hmm. So eventually probably, but again, this is kinda this is the start. So let's go from there.
0: And you have like when you when you you have like background options, right? Like you have perforated uh, is it steel or aluminum? So it's per,
1: no, it's actually perforated plastic. Okay. So perforated plastic, black, white, and clear are the ones I'm starting with. So, but and is the perforated it, plastic looks good. Yeah. But I is mean,
0: that it, like optional? Like if you wanted it to be clear 360 degrees?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I actually, one of the, one of the cages I'm going to bring to Tinley is a 36 tall and it's, clear all the way around so yeah Hmm. yeah and it is cool i mean it just looks like a big tube sitting there (laughs) you know on top of your table
3: so it'll it'll be
1: impressive i think
3: it's going to be species specific um that's kind of hard to say um but you know the people who want the perforation obviously um you know the more animals who need the the ventilation the Mm -hmm. the constant airflow um that's Expected right, um, but for the others, you know, one thing to note too, and I know you didn't ask this, but I'm going to say it anyway is uh, they hold heat surprisingly well. Um, uh, that, yeah, was, one of my that first...
0: was one of the things I wanted to know because that's one of the things I love about the PVC cages is like those things hold heat and humidity, like I wouldn't yeah. have ever thought they would have. So...
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's really impressive. Um, I mean, I know that uh, the boas, I mean, what what heat sources do you keep in yours at your house right now? And, just one under tank heater on, yeah. the,
1: on the Boas. Mm-hmm. But I, my reptile room also stays pretty warm anyway, so I don't need a whole lot. What, one of my friends that I gave a Boa cage to, he just uses a radiant heater up top mm-hmm. and then an under tank heater below.
0: And that the, was one of the questions back. that got asked a lot uh, just on Instagram was, was, can I put a RHP on the top? And you guys said, yeah.
1: Yeah, Would it's you, a, the
0: top the top is made of PVC, so it's oh, Okay, the exact so you can same... just screw it right into that. Right, gotcha.
1: but instead of, the, the one thing I will tell you uh, that I would recommend maybe is if you wanted to mount the heater, you could mount it to one of the discs that would replace the screen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that if, when you want to take the radiant heater out or work on it, you're not ruining your cage.
0: Doing yeah, it. yeah. It's
1: more of a, it makes it more of a disposable item where you're not. Causing
3: screw holes in your cage doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, so the, the cost of one of those uh, discs he's talking about. I mean, I think on the website they're you know, four or five bucks. So um, you could get a handful of those and just keep them as backups in case you wanted to swap them out. I mean, let's say you switch to under heater, great. um Do that and put put an LED light on that new disc. You know, mm-hmm. you could really do about whatever you wanted. Um, well, that's, ha- ha- that's
0: yeah that's handy too because if someone's like a, if like we talked about if someone's changing up what species they are keeping in it to where one yeah. doesn't need that kind of heat but they do need more light or you know anything like that that's that's really nifty for sure
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: but yeah that so to answer your question about the top it is pvc uh at least on the top. The other pieces are other types of plastic to make the curve and everything. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, the the actual top that you would mount to is PVC. And I've got two different brands of radiant heaters I've used, and I've talked to them both and asked them if it was okay on a PVC tank, and they said, yeah. So,
0: yep. One of the other questions we got was from our buddy Dan Colgan. He said, why didn't you name it Terra Dome?
1: <laughs> that's a good question. I to be honest with you, I, I I thought about a name for probably six months just in my free time as I was thinking about other things. But uh orb means to encircle. If you look it up in the dictionary. Yeah. So and that's kind of what it is. Yeah. It encircles itself. Uh so I kind of went with orb. Mm-hmm. When I think of a dome, I think of like a stadium. Or up. <laughs> yeah, it was more of
3: like a, All right, a, yeah. a circular deal going up yeah. rather than... And these don't have that, but, yeah.
0: And do you guys sure, have...
3: sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds like well, Thunderdome. Like
0: Thunder that's what I was going to say. Nothing
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah. I
0: mean, if you want, like, your leeches to fight or something, then maybe it's <laughs> for it or... That's funny.
1: But yeah, so you... that's kind Is... of where the name came up.
0: Okay, yeah, so... It... You have these. Do you guys have plans to uh, extend into, like, other realms of the the dry goods sort of realm, uh, market? There's is it just going to be pretty much tanks? Like, you want to do other stuff?
1: Well, you got to start somewhere. So, <laughs> you never
0: know. I mean,
3: there's lots of things you could offer. We've talked about a lot. And, yeah. and to say it's not going to happen, that's not the case. I mean, I, we just... Right now, our number one goal and focus is to get these in people's hands and let them see them firsthand more than the people who already have. And, uh, you know, kind of make sure the market, A, supports it, and B, buys it, um, obviously, because if uh, it doesn't matter if people like them if they don't buy them, then, you know, Terror might not, you know, be around. But, uh, it, honestly, I don't think that's even uh, a, a concern because mm-hmm. – we're a little biased but they are they are very very cool um, and the prices are competitive so I think we'll sell uh, plenty just to you know uh, keep doing what we're doing and, and once we are confident then we can look into other stuff I know we've talked about you know uh, offering heat sources and, and thermostats and, and you name it but I don't know definitely we, we're enclosures so we don't want to over complicate it either
0: Make some Terra Orb incubators is what you need to make.
3: <laughs> hey, and now you're now you're talking my language. I've made I've made a bunch of incubators here in the past uh, oh six months or so. Um, I actually really enjoy making incubators.
0: I mean, you pretty much have two options. Like either buy one of the like hot boxes from Sea Serpents for a billion dollars, or you make yeah. your own and hope that it works.
3: I just scour Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, and I look for um, the little Red Bull uh, yeah. refrigerators, yeah. and especially ones that don't work, and people are giving away pretty much.
2: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. if I can find it under 50 bucks, it's a steal, and uh, I just rip the guts out and uh, take it from there. I've put Herbstat thermostats on all the ones recently, and and they work great. So.
0: Yeah, I, that's what mine are in a wine cooler right now. I got I yeah. got a clutch of chondro eggs, and Jake has a clutch of pop eggs in there, and they're just nice. in a, in a wine cooler. And we went actually went. Pro tip for anybody listening: uh, we just went to our local appliance store and said, "Hey, do you have any wine coolers that aren't working that you don't want?" And they had like four of them because they're like, "We're not going to fix these things." Because suppose I guess with appliances, it's much more expensive to repair appliances than it is to buy new ones. Huh. And so they have these wine coolers just chilling in the back collecting dust. And they're like, yeah, if you you can take them, like, we need them gone. it's
3: a great idea. Local appliance
0: store, they've got them.
3: Hey, I'm off work tomorrow. Guess what I'm doing? (laughs) Go find some wine coolers.
0: Uh, Yeah, because Jake got one too. Like, my dad picked up, like, three of them from somebody. And this (laughs) one's pretty big. And it's been sitting at Jake's house. He hasn't even converted it or anything yet. And I'm actually on the verge of stealing it and making a bigger one. Because the one we have can't hold nearly as much as i thought it could when we put it together. Yep.
3: I fear that's going to be our uh, dilemma here pretty soon. So that's something we need to address. <laughs> Turtle eggs are small, but i don't i don't know how many we're going to have this year. We can have quite a few. So
0: <laughs> Let's see. So you guys have your website, you have a Facebook page, you have Instagram. you guys have a YouTube channel?
1: Not yet. Not yet. We
3: are, we've talked about it. We'll see how, (laughs) we're
1: going to see what happens at
3: Timley Park and see what people think. And then we'll, we'll go from there. We're going to take some video up there. And if, uh, if it's, if it's a success, then maybe we'll have our first video be something about the Timley show. So how about that? Uh,
0: I like YouTube a lot. Me and Jake have a channel we don't post on it nearly as much as we should. And it's because the whole process of taking video and then editing it and uploading it and all that good stuff, it's so much more time consuming than, than
3: yeah, podcast. stuff it really is. is. Honestly though, I think videos, obviously if somebody can't make it to the Timley show, we don't have a storefront, so you can't come right. see them, you know, at our, at our location. Um, but if if somebody can't make it to a, a reptile show that we happen to be at, then I think the next ne- next best thing is going to be a video. Um, you know, it 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 really does. Video is worth. What do they say? Oh, there's some saying about how many pictures is worth, and pictures worth a bunch of words or mm-hmm. something. But and videos are good, um, and people like them. So I would say uh, it'd definitely be. It, it'd be advantageous down the road. So. Yeah. One of the things that we do need to get in a
1: video, and I we probably will fairly soon, is the assembly process of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the concept is that you can ship it flat and you assemble it. Uh, I don't anticipate shipping them, shipping a the three-foot tall, two-foot square, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they actually break down super easy and go together with four screws. So the whole thing's just held together with four, four bolts.
0: That makes Uh, them really easy to clean too, though.
1: Right. So you can actually take it apart and clean it. Uh, Yeah. And the, the lens, the front lens, I I call it a lens instead of a window because it is a lens Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, And it's replaceable too. So uh, with any cage of any kind, I've never seen one that, every now and then you're going to get scratched or dented or who knows uh and you hate being stuck with that forever so it's it's replaceable too uh you just slide a new one in it doesn't even take any tools to do it so that's one of the other other things i worked on trying to figure out
2: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah it's definitely all right The shipping, I think, especially with the way the market is now, how everybody buys everything online, uh, I think that's, I think if I can start getting some out there, that'll probably be a major selling point because if you get online, let's say you're on Amazon and you see a, you know, a two foot tall, 18 inch glass cage that you can buy and you read the reviews, people say it takes like two or three before they get one that's not broken you know mm-hmm. shipped to their door just because i mean you've seen how the drivers are
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. boxes they don't even I mean, go on my front porch they just toss it from the sidewalk <laughs>
1: yeah so i'm kind of banking on the fact that the fact that it is all plastic and it does break down and it can be shipped flat i think that's going to be a big advantage over a lot of other well not only that people. i
3: mean you know uh, let's say a, a four foot four foot wide uh, oval cage you know i mean how heavy would that be um, yeah. in a different style enclosure? Honestly, yeah. I could go over there and pick that up with one arm. Um, they're not—they're not heavy, um, so it's going to be cheaper to ship them. Um, you know, but let's say you move, and I mean, typically if you're going to keep your animals in there when you move, which most people would, you know, you just have a buddy grab one end, you grab the other, and you load it onto a truck. But you know, if you had a different scenario and you had to put your snakes in snake bags. Um, you know, you could break that down and, and make a move and, you know, then reassemble them very easily wherever you move to. So there's a lot of uh, things like that that in, in my mind, I think it's an advantage. It's a, it's a benefit at least. Um, you know, maybe not everybody would see it that way, but, you know, everybody has an opinion.
0: Man, look, I'm looking at the website right now and like the 18 by 24s and the 24 by 36s. Like the, oh, the first thing I think of when I see those is like Europlatus geckos. Yep, those would be perfect for some of those.
1: Yep. Yeah, they. I mean, that's kind of what those were designed for. Would be the gecko market,
2: mm-hmm.
1: for sure. Because those are, I mean, when you go when you go look around, geckos are popular. Oh I yeah, mean, there is a ton of people getting
3: geckos, and uh, yeah, I we we have crested geckos in some. So. Yeah, we actually um, we reach out to a couple uh, well known crested gecko breeders mm-hmm. um they, they also breed some other stuff as well um but we we initially sent them uh, a couple just to get their feedback really and um both had i'm not going to name them just because we didn't talk to them or anything ahead of this but um both of them gave us you know very good feedback um, um i'd say 99 positive um they had a couple things that they suggested and and uh we actually, were easily able to implement what they suggested. And so, um, you know, we really value uh, people who know what they're doing. We uh-huh. value their opinions um, because, obviously, they're the ones who are going to be, you know, using these the most in the end. So, you know, if uh, a guy keeps, you know, 300 crested geckos and, um, you know, he wants a display cage and he has one of these and he says, yeah, but it'd be great if we had this inside of it. Okay, well, let's see what we can Sorry,
0: guys, my computer had a stroke at this part. You only missed about five seconds worth of conversation, though.
1: The whole idea is that it's so easy to change the cage or the enclosure to what you want it to be, and you're never really committed. It's not like you're married to it once you put it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, like the, the center tree, I mean, none of that's glued. It's all interchangeable. You just kind of build it like Legos and put whatever pieces you want in there uh, to build what you want. So, you know, and again... The, the ones that we'll have on display will be kind of set up for what we feel a chameleon might like, or what we feel a crested gecko might want, mm-hmm. but that's not to say you can't change it. Right. You just take the top off and switch the pieces around and stick what you want on there. So, you know, it's just a series of, you know, custom made couplings and holders and dish holders and, you yeah, know, whatever you want can slide over that center tree, and uh, you know. Yeah, and that's one of, that. of
0: That's a really cool idea that you guys did that too. So, like people who do keep cresteds and gargs and other, you know, racks or day geckos, even, you know, instead of having to worry about a magnetic perch, uh, like uh, food dish and stuff like that, you know, it's it's an option right there.
3: Yeah, definitely. The and uh, we did just recently uh, get a. Uh, 3d printer which has not been utilized at all um for making things for the orbs yet but uh, we do have plans to uh you know potentially make some custom pieces uh down the road if nothing else maybe as prototypes and then we'll look at manufacturing differently because obviously that's a fairly inefficient way to uh, make anything to sell but right. um you know it, it to prototype things it's fantastic so uh, there's a lot of options a lot of options
1: and I, I will say one thing that we that I noticed, because I, I kept one of Brett's crested geckos up in our office for probably a month or so, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, just to experiment, because I kind of wanted to see what a crested gecko did in one. You know, I just, until you show up every morning and <laughs> check on him, you don't know what they're doing. Uh, and that's just, I guess, why I like reptiles. I just kind of poke and prod at them all the time and, <laughs> and see what they do, but... They probably hate me because of it. Uh, But what's cool about having the center tree is instead of having something glued to the side where you can't really see it eat or drink. If the, if you swing the food dish around to the front, it brings it kind of front and center. Mm -hmm. And it is cool when you fill up the food dish and it it eats that it's right there where you're watching it. It's not jammed in a corner, you know, stuck on the ground. Like you can watch the whole thing and same with a food dish. One of the, attachments you know that goes in the middle will hold like the standard six or eight ounce or 16 ounce Mm -hmm. uh you know deli cups so you know you can throw mealworms and stuff in there too and again you can kind of swing it around front and center if you're watching it eat to kind of watch you know and it makes it more interactive especially if you're showing kids or you know friends that come over sort of thing
0: and do you guys have any plans for, like, I guess the near future? You want to somehow get some distribution to sell in other retailers? Or is there, is it pretty much going to be all in-house?
1: It's one of those where I I feel like, a, like any business should just kind of start small and, and just see what happens mm-hmm. and grow with it. Uh, so do I have any huge plans right off the bat? No. Would it be cool? Sure. I mean, yeah, that'd be the goal, but, uh, first you really need to get your idea out there before you spend $10 million in inventory to try to make it happen. Uh, you know, especially here at the beginning, I, I really want to just show people the concept, yeah. show them the design. And, and I re- I I do think people are going to like it. Uh, it, it's definitely, I can't say that there's anything like it out there available. And I think, just that itself is going to make it somewhat. That'll at least get sellable. people's attention. Yeah, I mean, it's, then, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just the way it opens and the way yeah. it ships, and I, it's got a lot of advantages in the in the market, I think, and that's why I've spent so much time and resources and time and <laughs> uh, more resources and more resources <laughs> trying to get it to where it is now, uh, which is you know. To where I, I really feel like it's if I put it out there, people are gonna appreciate it and
3: hopefully, hopefully like it. You know, it, early on, I mean, this was I don't know, six months ago, maybe a little more than that. Uh, you know, people came to us and said, you know, you should do a Kickstarter. You know, you should do a, a Kickstarter yeah. and get because it's a it's a good idea and people recognize it was a good idea. And you know, I, there was there was something we thought about. Um, I, I mean, it wasn't my decision; it was Mike's definitely, but. Um, you know, it's one of those things that, okay, well, it's well, Kickstarter's are okay. I have nothing against them at all, but if if you haven't even tried to build some yourself and get them out there and, and see how people like and see what they what they can do with them, it's like you know, it, let let us let's, let's be conservative with it. You know, take it one step at a time. Definitely. Um, yeah, as long as the, the feedback's good, and you never know, maybe uh, maybe feedback will. Uh, change the way some things operate on, on the orbs, you know, long term because maybe the general public likes a certain thing that we didn't think about, mm-hmm. you know, and those are all things that I think, uh, you know, being a, a, a small business and, and being in communication with your customers and caring about what they actually think, uh, that's an advantage that that, you know, presents that if you, uh, become too big, too quick, you can lose sight of those things. And all of a sudden, um, it's an animal you can't control anymore. So, right. um, yeah, that's, That's that. I guess
0: the better way, the best way to put that question that I have before, as far as plans for distribution or something in the future. If you fast forward five years, or I guess even ten years, like where do you want, where do you want to see the company? Like where would you like to see it?
1: You know, it'd be neat to see a lot of people enjoy it, and to be able to say that, you know, that was kind of my idea and you know we kind of with brett's help made it all happen i mean there's a lot of places i think it could go and i again it's still i've put a ton of work into it but there's still a ton more that Mm -hmm. it takes to get it to any point you know to grow and you
3: can't uh, to say what you could see in five years i don't know if i'd be able to say that i'm gonna i'm gonna answer it for you mike and and tell me to shut up if i'm if i'm off base shut up um, <laughs> no i'm gonna answer it by saying this okay so uh mike and jason and i we we are, are we don't do it as often as we want to or, or should but um when we get together and have like our uh you know reptile night and drink two beers and and talk about what cool things we want to see and buy and breed and uh whatever um i mean the common thing that we've all talked about numerous times at different meetings not that we call them meetings but um it's always been it'd be so cool within five years or I don't know if we said five years but it you know down the road if we had like uh a warehouse that we all you know we come to work we make some orbs um you know we go feed the turtles in the 27 turtle tubs in the other room <laughs> and um, then we go to the bowl room and and you know clean some cages feed some and you know like that's obviously like a uh, Reptile Keeper's, uh, you know, utopia situation. Definitely. You know, doing what you love every day. Um, uh, obviously, it may not look exactly like that, but uh, it, yeah. So that and making millions of dollars, of course. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> That's like the
0: same conversations me and Jake have all the time. It's like, <laughs> man, we're going to get a building and we're going to have this and we're going to have a room for this and a room for these. And then it's like, yeah, hey, you know and like.
3: You got to go after those dreams. People, yeah, you got to <laughs> go after it. People yeah. do it every day, and yeah. and if you sit and think about it too long, you miss you miss the boat and you miss the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're that's why it's, we're trying it. I mean, because you, you you have to.
0: You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take.
3: 100. Yep. Exactly. That, you should put that on a shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's I mean it's similar for me and Jake because we started this, you know, being like wherever this goes that's where it'll go. Like we didn't have any preconceived notions of like, okay, in six months we want to have this many people listening. We want to have this following on Facebook. We want to do this, this, and this. We're just like, we're just along for the ride. And, yeah. You know, wherever that's it goes, exactly, where it goes. Yeah. And I think that's you know, kind of the best way to go about doing stuff now. Like it is good to have goals and have like things you want to work towards, but at the same time, like sort of just trust the process and just put out what you do and let it take the wheel, like let it drive that.
3: I think that's a you're, you're touching on something I think is a much bigger conversation, Um, you know, as far as like transparency in a business and uh, just the uh, level of, you know, genuineness. You know, is, is there another word? Is genuineness even a word? I don't even know. But you know what I'm trying to say. Though. Yeah. Um, you know, the sincerity in, in something, you know, if somebody can come by the terror booth and meet mike the owner and shake his hand and and he can you can see the passion he has for these things when Mm -hmm. you're talking to him you know i mean that goes a long way um it's not just some you know and i'm not going to harp on you know any zoomed or you know zilla or any big big company like that but you know it's it's different going by one of their booths they have a guy who's you know he's they're the zoomed rep and in he might think it's a cool cage, but he didn't design that cage and build that cage. Right. He, he might not tear up when he's telling you about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that Mike Will. I'm either. not going to tear up <laughs> either. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, that that's the not that we uh, will always have that same. Uh, but you know, holding on to that, I think, is really important in any, any business. You know, that that kind of personal touch, and um, your customers feel some insurance from it, and. Uh, assurance from it. And and it's a good thing.
0: I think people can definitely pick up when you actually care. They can pick up when you're, when you're just, they can tell you're just trying to make a quick buck. Like you don't actually really care about the product, even with the podcast. Like people can tell when you, you're doing it for the attention or if you're doing it just because, you know, you enjoy it and you want to put out more content for the hobby. Yep. You know, that stuff does come through. Even, even may not be obvious, but like like you said, that transparency like people can people can pick up on it. Yep, the, the market is very good about picking up on on who's who's legit and who's not. So I,
1: yeah, yeah, would. That's one thing that I guess I can say is that I haven't given up.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely been, you know. And we're always there. learning, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're, we'll never. Uh, Reach a point where we're like, Well, we got the crested gecko cage, you know, perfect. Uh, you don't know, no, I mean, it might be really good, but that doesn't mean it's perfect, it doesn't mean it couldn't improve. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you know, it, we're always learning, and there's a lot of species I've never kept and I know nothing about. And uh, you could be the best uh, reptile guru in the world, and uh, if you you know, claim to be an expert on everything, I probably would venture to say you're probably a dumbass. Um, <laughs> and so. You know, it's just, it's just my opinion. As I, 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 the as people I know are the ones who can admit they don't know everything. And, uh, you know, so we're always learning, trying to improve, and that's kind of one thing I love about this.
0: Well, definitely, it, it says a lot just in the fact that, you, you know, you talk to people who are keeping the animals, you know, that, that some of these cages are really kind of made with in mind. Yeah, you know, When, yeah, you're, when you're in contact with the people that are doing it and the people that, that they know what they want out of a cage and they know right. what they want out of, you know, accessories and what the kind of stuff they actually use. Because, I mean, I, I bred Crested's for two or three years yeah. and I was always looking for, you know, there was something small like, OK, I need, you know. What can I do different as far as you know the lay box I have? what can I do as far as substrate? It was just there was always always looking for ways to kind of make make them better, yeah, and being in tune with with the market and the people that are actually the ones that'll be buying these you know that's a that's a big deal and that that says a lot about you guys and that you' you know you're listening to what people need and what they want. <clears throat> And that's sort of where the divide is between you guys and, you know, the bigger companies, like you said, you know, that, yeah, they're paying attention to, to what people are, are asking for, but you know, you guys are actually in it. Like you're, I guess, to take it to, to sort of a cigar parallel of sorts there, the company that I like a lot uh, in terms of cigars called Roma craft. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I like them so much is because the owners uh, skip and Mike I'm friends with them on Facebook. You that's know, cool. they're not like Fuente or Padron or any of those other guys that are like so high up in the, you know, the echelon that if you wanted to talk to them, good luck. You know, like these guys interact with the people that smoke their product every day. You know, they're liking your pictures on Facebook your you know, on Instagram. Like you can message them. You can tell them something about the product. Like, hey, I got this one. You know, I don't think this batch was very good, this, that, and the other. And they're going to acknowledge it. You know, they're not just going to blow you off. And so that's one of the things that I think really builds brand loyalty is just being right there and accessible to the, to the people buying it.
3: I agree. I've been in sales my entire adult life. And, uh, part of that, I owned a business down in Missouri and, um, even there, I mean, if you own a small business, I mean, you kind of do everything. And my, yeah. one of the main things is it, it was sales and, you know, it, I, I, agree a hundred percent with that, you know, being accessible, being transparent and being, uh, just there, you know, for, for, for questions, for Or whatever and you know if you happen to grow a company to a place where you can't be there for everybody because you're only one person yeah you hire the right people with the right vision uh to be able to continue that same that same model forward so yeah
0: it's just it's so neat it's so nice you know they're they're just the you know those people are they're just one of the they're one of you they're one of the guys you know they're not like i said they're not some mystical being that you hear about but you never see or you never you know, get in contact with because they're just completely on, un- 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 unreachable. Yeah. You know, they're right there in front of your face. So, you know, they're, they're a message away. They're right there. Hey,
3: as long as we get the, the, the time zone, right. For a phone call, we will be <laughs> on a phone call. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it works out. <laughs> All right. It does.
1: So, yeah, actually, I mean, that's what I'm most excited about going to a show for is just to, yeah. to get people's reaction to see, what they say and you know that uh, i'm ready to to let people see them firsthand and go from there
0: definitely definitely that'll make a big difference you know and it's it's all it's just it's always neat to be able to talk to people that are the ones who you know do it like the owner the top the top dog like being there getting to pick their brain about about the product and
3: everything else yeah, I think Mike's uh, going to be tired after this next weekend. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. It'll be all right. I'll be over in the corner drinking a beer. He'll still be talking to people.
0: will <laughs> be making we'll sure see. no one's walking off with anything, because apparently it shows that's like a problem now, no matter what yeah. you do to. Hey,
1: man, if people are stealing your product, you know it's worth something. Right. Hey, it's good. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. You, you want people trying to steal it. I, you don't want them to actually get away with it, but I, you want that. <laughs> oh,
3: <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> but we were thinking about bringing a couple of animals to put on display in some of the, you know, display enclosures. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that'll be kind of cool, but that was actually something that's popped in my head is, you know, um, it's kind of scary. You know, what if somebody, uh, you know, when we're, when we're busy doing whatever, even if we're just grabbing lunch and somebody walks up and takes, takes a bow and sticks it in their bag or their, mm-hmm. their zoom Ed bag, the Zoomed gives away at the show, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's kind of scary stuff, but, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll figure it out.
0: Cause the cages are lockable, but are they like lockable? Lockable? I mean, so they actually lock with a
1: house key, <laughs> believe it or not. Okay. Uh, which you know they they lock tight. Uh, the lock doesn't necessarily. The lock keeps the animals in, but it doesn't keep people uh, from okay. taking the lock out. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. It's more of a you know aesthetic key than anything. Uh, could I make it lockable? for a show in a week probably by tomorrow morning i could I have, have one with the locks at
2: my house <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you want a lock on it we'll put a Thank, lock on it thanks tomorrow. a lot justin he's not gonna sleep tonight <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll put a padlock on it somehow that's not an issue <laughs> we'll, figure it out. Yeah.
0: well that's one of the things i thought about it when i first saw it too was like man this would be really cool for venomous
1: Oh yeah, Cause I'm a have never kept venomous. Yeah, except for I'm, the cotton mouth I caught on accident once. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like right now for me, like I like to use Neodisha cages for venomous just because it's the one way in, one way out. You know, you, it yeah. has the hole so you can lock it. But like those, the stuff you guys make would look pretty good too if there was a way to to fully lock it, lock it to where no one could get yeah. in. I think you might well, be on, you might yeah. be onto something there too.
3: Uh, you might be onto something there. We're going to have to call it the, the Justin Locking System. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I hadn't even thought of that. That's a good idea. I'm we can't always. keep venomous in Illinois.
1: Oh,
0: really? Yeah. I don't even know what the laws are up there. I know in South Carolina, we can do whatever we want. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. we. Well,
3: Illinois, there's a law about a law about a law. I mean, yeah. we have laws for everything. Um, but one, we don't have laws about terrapins, but you do because um, they're native in South Carolina. So.
0: Yeah, I've always been curious about that because I've been told that they're illegal to keep, but then I've had people tell me you can keep like a minimum. You can only keep like one. Do you do you know off the top of your head with terrapins? I'm not a
3: lawyer, but uh, I I've I've heard I, I've heard I there are laws it about it, so I'm not sure what specifically it is. I I need to look it up. Maybe I'm thinking of box turtles in that area. So I'll we'll ask them.
0: Cause I like box turtles, you can keep in South Carolina, no problem. But you have them anywhere else, it's like a hmm. big deal.
3: Yeah, no, we there's certain uh, species of box turtles we can't have here. Yeah. It's the native ones.
1: Yeah, it's basically whenever there's a native species, they try to yeah. make it hard to go
3: steal. Yeah, because I know s-
0: spotted turtles are protected. Like you, you can't. You have to have a permit in South Carolina
3: to own those. Which that makes okay. sense.
0: But I don't know. I'll have to look I, that up. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't
3: know about- I really just maybe a month ago, I don't know. Um, I was looking at hognose snakes and I was like, man, I would love to get some hognose some snakes. You know, there's so many cool morphs and different, uh, mm-hmm. you know, genetic traits. You can do so many things with them and they're small and you can, they don't take up a bunch of room. I thought they would be really cool in a, the, the smaller orbs, you know. And um, they're cool when yeah, they I want to thought, eat. What's that?
0: So they're cool when they want to eat. Really? Which is like two months out of the year. <laughs>
3: well, I've never kept one, obviously, um, but I was talking to somebody. And they're like, "Yeah, you can't have those in Illinois," and I haven't verified that. But um, you know, that that sucks if that's true, because I've never seen one in the wild here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but, I've not. Maybe a hundred years ago there were some, but I don't think there's any now.
0: Um, yeah, they're really common down here, especially when when baby season rolls around. I have people sending me pictures all the time, asking what you know what it is. Is it gonna hurt me? Is it gonna hurt the dog? It's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> it's
3: just a little slug don't worry
0: pretty much if you hate toads keep it around yeah <laughs> but the final question and this is kind of the the, the one that goes high and to the right is what type of parm do you prefer chicken meatball or eggplant
1: eggplant really oh
3: yeah I'll eat eggplant parmesan oh yeah okay never had that it sounds gross to me.
0: It yeah, I've seen it. it. Doesn't look all that great, but I've had people tell me it's pretty rad.
3: Huh? Yeah,
1: it's good. Artichokes too. I'm you gonna to eat artichokes. Mm,
0: uh, no. No. Oh man,
1: that's good. Eggplant's good too, but artichokes even better. I mean,
0: like artichoke uh, parm. No, just oh. in
1: general. I'd probably
3: be good if you made it that way.
0: Uh, I don't know.
3: I'm getting really grossed out here just hearing this. <laughs> um, I would go chicken all day long. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Never had a explain so I can't really hate on it, but it just sounds gross to me. I guess I'm picky. Right there with you. So, that was a legit question, huh? That was From... a
0: that was a question, and that was the one that I'm pretty sure that person was just messing with hey, me. Good, good for them. I was like, uh, I whatever, I'm going to flip this on you, and I'm going to ask it anyways. <laughs> Joke's on you. And the person I, was, right. was at. Mazers Lazarus I don't, okay. I, don't, I don't know that's Good what deal. they wanted to know apparently that was the most important thing to find out about Terra Orb <laughs> <It> was your preference <laughs> for Parmesan whether
2: I buy
1: one or not sweet
0: <clears throat> but we're closing in on an hour and a half where can people find you
1: um I'm gonna give that to Brett
3: me and social media don't get along very well <laughs> um so uh honestly probably one of the easiest ways would be uh Instagram, obviously. That's uh, kind of how we hooked up. Um Instagram um at Terra Orb. Um and then uh our Facebook page uh Terra Orb. Uh you just search it on Facebook, we're on there. Um and then email address, uh Orb enclosures at gmail And then uh our website is uh terra orb.com And so um, I mean, pretty much. If you if you can't find us, then we have bigger problems. Um, but you know, if you email us or whatever, um, we have multiple pe- people checking that email, so we can get to you um, pretty quickly. I try and uh, respond to messages and emails pretty quick with uh, everybody's questions. So,
0: cool. So you guys are you guys are going to be at Tinley? You have any other shows planned after that?
3: Nothing booked yet, Nothing but booked uh, yet. we do it. We have talked about plenty, so we'll see how see how things go. But at Timley we're at booth eighteen eleven, so um, in the lower ceiling section. Um, I guess uh, last That's show it was, said, uh, yeah, it was one of the busier areas. So I think we're right down the right down right the you. aisle from who uh, Zilla? Zilla yeah, uh, yeah, right down yeah. the aisle from Zilla. So, hmm. yep. It's a big place. You can get turned around pretty quick. So yeah. I, I I swear I wandered around for an hour once just looking for people I knew. And <laughs> just trying to find a, a bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> it just no goes
0: kidding. on forever.
1: It does,
3: actually. It, it's it's kind of like, it's it's, like, it's, like heaven, it, though. It, 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I can't they even really... fathom going to a show that big. Cause, like, the biggest show we have here is the Repticon in Columbia, and you're lucky if that thing tops like 100 booths.
3: Real, uh, like this is definitely anything bigger.
0: Yeah. anything bigger than like one ten or like one fifteen at, at the Columbia show is like a big deal. Like that's like people like that's huh. the show of the century for South Carolina.
3: I'll tell you what though, there's something you said about small shows too. I mean, you get a little bit more of a personal feel, you know. So I mean, we're, we're not just going to Timley and big shows. I mean, we'll probably try and hit lots of them. Um, the smaller shows are are pretty cool. So we were
1: supposed to hit a smaller show before Timley, but things just didn't work out with uh materials and scheduling
3: mm-hmm. so we were supposed
1: to have a little test before the big show all right go go home, yeah it's, it's all or
2: nothing i guess that's just the way it is so.
0: cool well i hope that works out for you guys man i'm definitely going to be keeping um, an eye on what you guys are doing i appreciate it yeah very much we appreciate you coming on or at least i do like i said jake's not here so
3: yeah tell jake uh you know i mean you know our feelings are a little bit hurt but uh you know.
0: <laughs> he appreciates it in spirit i'm sure He's, I know. he's probably absolutely hammered in Florida somewhere right now. Yeah. Good That's for funny. him. Good oh, for him. Whatever. He can cool. do whatever he wants on vacation, I guess.
3: Yeah, I guess what happens in Florida stays in Florida. Yep. <laughs> Good deal.
0: All right, y'all. I appreciate you coming on.
3: Hey, awesome. Hey, no thanks a lot. No thanks problem. Lot. All
0: right. See, ya. See, ya. See ya. All right. Episode thirty. Usually Jake responds there, but he's not here. Anyways, that's it, folks. Please subscribe via SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Check us out on Facebook at the Herpeticulture Podcast. On Instagram at Herpetoculture Podcast. Find me, Palmetto Coast Exotics, on Facebook and Instagram. And find Jacob at JLB Morelia. And next week, I believe we are going to be talking Diamondback Terrapins with Brett once again and his buddy Jason, who he mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Uh, super interested to hear about that. Like I said, don't I haven't really had much experience with turtles, but diamondback terrapins kind of have a special place uh, in my heart, being a native species and everything. So I'm really anxious to hear how they keep theirs and definitely going to look up the law on keeping those between now and then so I can keep everybody filled in. But anyways, we'll see you later. Have a good night.